Welcome to Civil Tension, conversations with contentious intent. We are civil, not polite. We are civil, not politically correct. Civil Tension is a weekly podcast intended to demonstrate that people can engage in difficult, contentious topics of conversation while remaining civil and strengthening the ties that bind, even when we profoundly disagree. Civil Tension can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Civil Tension, Facebook by joining the Civil Tension podcast group, as well as on our developing Instagram account, Civil Tension, and YouTube channel. To join our mailing list, send a note to civiltension at gmail.com. Actually, I have a gentleman, John Renkashevitz is his name. He owns Oak Hill Wood Creations. He's a retired machinist. He makes things out of wood in his basement. He's got a $50,000 machine shop in his basement. It's gorgeous. And he makes exquisite wood things that he sells on Etsy. And he hired me to do his website. So John comes in and says, I, I, I really like how you build stuff, but I want to maintain it myself. And the stuff he's doing is pretty fancy. There's no way you can can it. There's no way to give him a fill-in-the-form thing. Right, right, right. No, without a lot of time, right? So I taught him the syntax for some pretty fancy stuff. And he updates his site 100%. I haven't seen the back end in like three years. It's absolutely exquisite and perfect. The guy is awesome. He's 81 years old. Yeah. So here we are at episode number 25 of Civil Tension. Thank you all for joining me. I am your host and creator. Well, I'm not your creator. I'm the creator of Civil Tension and host Peter Galt and uh, co-host John Guansi and co-host Ken Nicholson. And we have a number of wonderful guests today. Would you like to start to my left? Norman Weir. Denise Netzel. Jerry. Ken Jones. Coach Papa. And Bill Haas. Awesome. Thank you all for, for hanging out. Okay, that's dead air for a podcast. That simply does not work. I'm sitting here trying to figure out a way to get Walker to run for governor here in Illinois. But turn yeah. this state around. But How long does he have to be a resident? Uh, well, in Illinois, we can change the law at any time we want, right? He doesn't even have to be alive, record. does he? <laughs> that's well, the vote. Oh, sorry. Right. Quiet. Now we have actually the the Pope has come. <laughs> you know out. you have an opinion. The Pope. The Pope. The Pope right. has come out and said the U.S. must open borders to as many migrants as possible. Wait so a second. So, so, when did the country? Pope start running our country? Um, well, uh, he's he's got a lot to say with a snarled face and an angry fist, which is an odd image of. Pope. You know, the Pope. Especially Probably tells you that somebody made that up. Um, yeah, I got a feeling you were right on the money. That's a little Photoshop going on. It, it's something mm-hmm. there, but uh, this is this is on your newswire. And it says, Pope Francis has called for open borders in the United States, urging authorities to take in as many refugees as they can. And they've got a quote here but, from the Pope. It says, each country must do this with the virtue of government, which is prudence, and take in as many refugees as it can, as many as it can integrate, educate, give jobs to. Uh, it says the Pope told reporters aboard his papal plane. 
<laughs> after a chip to, trip to Geneva, Switzerland. So, um, evidently, he lives in his own country. You know, yeah, he does. He does. So, you know, maybe lead well, by example. Then, I guess. What's I found inter- interesting because isn't Italy starting to turn back boats coming from? Yes. Yes. And yet, starting to? Yeah, I think they've been doing. Yeah. They've been doing it for a while. Italy and Greece as well. They take the brunt of that immigration, and there's like we're not doing this anymore. I mean, that goes back to the whole thing. That's why Brexit wants to come. They want to control immigration. And they're two of the poorest countries in the European Union. Hmm. But that's just because they don't know anything about financing. But yeah. Never have. Never will. That whole sovereignty. Mm-hmm. They. I think it's the wine. Europe. Europe is. Uh, <laughs> They've agreed to have joint sites now for these migrants coming across. Keep them someplace while they process them. Would that be like kind of like U.S. with ports of entry where you can go to? Yes. And come in legally yeah. instead of illegally? Yeah. Again, we By the way, they're not called holding areas anymore. They're called cages. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. If you haven't been watching the news... Uh, yeah, the, the and, news and is, you know these cages. If you remember uh, an old movie uh, with the Cubans coming in, they used to have those same holding pen cages. Yeah. Uh, so it's happening everywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter. If you've got a good place to go. What you're running from, really? I mean, people who are trying to get out of some place that's horrible. Uh, they're trying to get to some place that's not as horrible. And but cages are not that horrible. They are pretty comfortable. And the argument is it's true for the majority, but not all. Well, mm-hmm. here's a question I was thinking about during the week. You know, like with everyone coming up like the southern U.S. border, why isn't Mexico not doing anything about people just passing through their country? That's like, you know, how do you get from one point to the other, you know, without being stopped? Well, there? they very specifically, Mexico at their southern border will issue a two- or three-day visa that will allow people from Central America to pass unobstructed through Mexico without harassment by the government in any way, shape, or form to the Mexican-U.S. border for entry into America. How long is the they can Canada? Can buses. we continue? So, yeah, they, they supply the buses. That's, you know, remember when was it? There was a four or five buses that were coming up from Central America, and U.S. knew it days in advance. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, I think there's something that's really important is that it's not a. It's a, it's sometimes it's a matter of what a person's moving toward as opposed to what a person's moving away from. Correct. And people that are moving away from the refugees are moving away from something. They're not moving toward. And the reason that I mention that is that if a person's moving towards something, it indicates perhaps at some level that they want to become a part of something that's different than something different than what they've experienced in the past. That is not the situation with the current wave of immigrants coming from either the South or from the Middle East. They are not wanting to become a part of, they are wanting to move away from. And the key there is that they are not integrating. Germany, um, uh, Merkel was one of the most, the most powerful women, I believe, by Time Magazine for four or five years in a row. Most powerful woman in the world. And she's going to lose her government over this. Over, and she and she darn as she darn well should. The Germans are very upset. The German populace is very upset about this situation. The uh, and, and and as we know, the world is always a happy place when the Germans are upset. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Okay. Well, no, but but no, I don't. But okay, but I'm serious that they're they're very they're recognizing the reality. That wait a minute, our sovereignty's been violated. Our crime rates are through the roof. People are not integrating. They have no skill sets. They're on our welfare. We're going broke. This is not sustainable. And I'm sorry, the good, hardworking people of the fatherland are coming to the conclusion: What have you done to us? Sweden, oh, so. Sweden has come to the same conclusion. Norway's coming to the same conclusion. You know what the percentage, the, a, like 800 some odd percentage increase in rapes in Norway? I mean, it never used, I mean, these things never used to happen. And now they're through the roof. And they are all 99.9% .9 from the Middle East. They're not integrating. And I'm sorry. That is a reason not to allow people into your sovereign nation where you as a political leader have a duty to your citizenry, not your residents. There's a difference. Citizens, not residents. But wasn't it Norway who just passed the law about rape? Because they didn't, they didn't yeah. have a law on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. No. No, they did not. No, they no, did not. So, of course, you're going to see a spike. Mm-hmm. Regardless but, of who it's from, but this you'll is, see that spike but this because been, now it's a law. But this has been, I don't mean just recently, I mean, and in the case of Sweden, it's been, these, the rape cases have been going up exponentially. There is no doubt of correlation and causation, period. There's no, there's no debate with this, none. And so what's happening is you have people from a foreign land who don't, aren't moving to something to be a part of something. They're moving away from something because they want to be away from something. I don't blame them for not wanting to be in Syria, okay? But the reality is that doesn't mean you get to come to Sweden and make a mess there. That doesn't give you the right, I don't care what Pope Francis says, who was raised as an Argentinian socialist. Don't give me that junk, okay? Sovereign nations, and what the, what the leftists would want is that you are a resident of the United States. You're not a citizen. The citizen, the citizen, and actually belonging should count for something. To degree well, to Jeff, which so I your story is, what you're saying is uh, render unto Caesar what Caesar's and what what's to God is God. Well, I think I think Rockefeller. I can't remember uh, which Rockefeller was and which to which pope he was speaking, but he did say something back in the '60s, something the effect of. Uh, it was about the issue of birth control, what have you. And he said something effective, uh, you know play of the game, you know make of the rules. And I think that's very potent and very important. If you, are, if you do not have skin in this game, don't sit back and tell me how to do it. If you're not actually in the arena with me, duking this thing out, getting your nose bloodied, don't tell me how to do it. You so, just sit back and be quiet. But let's look at the other side of coins. So I heard sure. a story yesterday from a woman who uh, immigrated from Honduras to the U.S. I believe it was six, seven years ago. And she said, only the wealthy can afford to go through the proper applications and motions to become a U.S. citizen from outside the country. She, she got lucky. Mm -hmm. she, she got lucky that uh, she had a friend that had uh, bought or had a visa that she could transfer, um, and the, the person who was supposed to get it didn't want it, so she gave it to the woman who then came over. This woman flew into Chicago uh, without knowing a single person. Mm -hmm. She had an old ex-boyfriend or whatever that she called up and he kept hanging up on her. Well, she was at the airport trying to figure out what am I gonna do with my life now? 
And uh, six years later, you know, she went through all the right motions. All of a sudden, she gets a 10-year uh, pass, mm -hmm. and she starts a business. She just signed a $2 million contract yesterday uh, for her business, and it's, like, it's a great story. Mm -hmm. But the, the reality is, she said, only the wealthy can go through the process to get into the U.S. and become a U.S. citizen. I believe that to be the case now. It's also something we can fix, and we can fix it happily with less money spent than we're spending now cleaning up after the problems we're causing by not having a reasonable immigration process. I mean, the thing that stuns me is there is no... Nobody's trying to solve the problem. The problem is, is, is the definition of who we want to come into this country and how do we pretty well limit it to those folks is not difficult. And it's somewhere between the two positions. I get 90% of the people that want asylum here I think are probably pretty good folks. And people that we would welcome if we gave them a path into here that didn't leave them lost in the woods. Okay? The other 10% we got to keep out. Let's do that. Opening, opening the border to everybody is simply stupid, and that's but, what happened in Germany. But you see, well, we're, we're, we're not even talking about the process, okay? My question to Bill was going to be, well, what's your point? But my response to you is, is I don't think that's even what we're talking about here. We're talking about the, the, that do nations have the ability and the right and the obligation to be sovereign and control their borders and control the influx of the population. That is the thing that we are arguing about. It is? It is. To me, that's a given. No, it's not. For you, because you're a constitutionalist. But for the left... Pope Francis, i.e., that's not a given. Well, like you said, he's a socialist. I understand that, but but, <laughs> but that's what that debate is about. I think that, and the question to Bill is, what's your point? Well, you have to look at all the angles. You have to you know, look at the different sides. Imagine being that person on the outside trying to get in. Why? Well, there's a perception that being here in the U.S. is going, you know, going to provide you with opportunities to live a better life and provide better for your family mm -hmm. you know so it, it, I'm just looking at the different angles of we, allowing people in and then the process by which they have to go through there is limitations and we're doing it financially right well within Mexico and to that point the look at all the options and look at how people want to come in if they're leaving something so horrible that they are going forward to but Again, a lot of this is driven away from, and I think a huge amount of immigration is really financial-based. I'm not buying into a lot of, just, just yet, I'm not buying into a lot of the, it's so terrible, terrible, terrible. And one of the reasons I'm not buying into that is if you're paying a coyote to come illegally and you've got... Uh, anywhere between five to eight grand in your pocket to just go, hey, here you go. Here's five to eight yeah, grand. That's going to bring that up. That's, that doesn't tell me that you're having a terrible time financially at home where you are. That tells me you just simply don't want to be there. You want to come here so you can make more money to send it back there. That's what that tells me. Now, again, if you are having a horrible, horrible time where you are living, in Mexico itself, and if you're coming from Central America and they give you that three-day pass, there are nine U.S. consulates in Mexico and one U.S. embassy where you can safely go without putting any of your family at risk, without putting your children at risk, you can go to those consulates and request to claim asylum. Political asylum. Political asylum. Not because you're beaten by your husband or your boyfriend or because of domestic violence, but political asylum. But look at those 
if you're if you're being beaten by that's a domestic violence issue mm-hmm. that should be dealt with and handled at a local law enforcement yep. facility if that is not available in your country that's an issue you need to take up with your country say we got to change some things here I have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that as and then maybe this is because this is the only point of frame that I have is as an American if I was having these significant issues these problems which I think we're going to see a lot more significant things coming up very shortly that are on the horizon they're getting closer and closer things that I've been looking at for years and now I'm starting to see it come up and and one of those is the talk of a US civil war I've been looking at that for years and saying this there's something not right here but now it's bubbling to the surface but if I'm having those problems I am not my mindset is such that maybe again because this is the only frame frame I have to view this from is I'm going I am not going to flee the country I'm going to stand and fight for where I live I'm 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 not going to run away. I'm going to stand and fight. So why don't other people? What happens if what happens if if this nation? And let's we'll just again from your frame of reference, being an American, right? Which we are. What happens because of the hardship and the uh, heart bleed and the empathy that we genuinely have for other people, and we genuinely have it. But if we do not maintain the integrity and the sovereignty and the viability and sustainability of this nation, you will see a collapse of this, of this world that you haven't seen since the Roman Empire. The, the key word here is sustainability. And we want to believe, as Americans, because we've had it great for generations, that this is just going to keep on being and keep on doing and keep on going. It keeps on being and going because of good decision-making. By acting in your own self-best interest, being charitable, empathetic, sympathetic where possible, i.e., how many hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars do we send to Central America in the form of foreign aid? No accountability, no response, no improvements, no benchmarking, no saying you will meet these goals and targets, or guess what, we're gonna cut you off. I mean, I'm sorry, we are benevolent, we are kind, we are generous, just because we need to export hundreds of millions of dollars every year as other countries import uh, tens of thousands of their uneducated, unemployable poor to us does not make us a bad people. And I do know this, it is absolutely doggone unsustainable. You can't do it. And then when the debt comes due, everyone's going to wonder, how did we get here? Germany never thought in the 30s that they would actually find themselves in a position going to buy bread with wheelbarrows full of money. Well, doggone it, it happened. It sure did. It sure yeah. did happen. And, and nobody they, remembers. And they never remember because it's, all about, it's all about the history of now. And sorry, this is not sustainable. Now, do we need to fix the system? Sure, let's fix the system. Does it need to be in our best interest? Absolutely. Should it be consistent with our with our history and all the rest of it? But a component of our history is that we have the right to say, look, we have not enough job creation. We have too much surplus labor, too much surplus labor that is not 
employable, especially in the modern day of what? Automation, high price fixing in the form of high minimum wages. We don't need any more labor right now. We can't even begin, we can't even feed the people that we have. And the people that we have coming out of high school and even worse yet out of college with debt can't gain access to the workforce because again, their jobs are being taken away because the government's making it hard to employ them. So things are being automated. No, we're done. No more immigration for now. Thank you very much. We must be keep the boat afloat. What good do we do the world if we sink our own boat? Well, I think you're bringing into play the trade deficit, and that's part of what's been going on with this, you know, Trump and these tariffs and and things of that nature, new contracts, backing out of NAFTA, uh, backing out, you know, the 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 seven, uh, Group Seven in Europe. You know, these these are all. I think are good things because we have been basically a charity. Yes, Our trade right. deficit isn't hundreds of millions, it's billions. Right. And it's monthly billions. Right. right. Yes. And, and it, it is cause, it, it causes pain that folks in this country don't identify, don't understand, but the pain is very very significant and the difference that could be that could come of fixing it. Uh, my, my, I, this is the only place where I got sort of, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a little concerned about what Trump's doing. Right, the, the big one. This, I, I'm a great believer in free markets in general. But we weren't living in a free market before Trump showed up. We were living in a place where we were getting scalded. And it, absolutely, it, it is my hope that he's playing poker to buy us a better position. It's what he's you doing. Know. And there's no question. And, and, he's, and if you and he's saw the news today, yeah. China already started backing down. Well, I haven't heard that. That was as of yesterday, last night. Awesome. So there's. Slowly, step by step. These are negotiating tactics. Mm -hmm. These are not permanent. We're we're setting this boundary now, and, and and here's the line, and you can't cross it anymore. We're done with that. This this is all negotiation. This is a a form of negotiation. Do we have time for that negotiation, though? Here's when you look at all of these things that are going on. I you know I see all this. I say, yeah, we've got a lot to clean up. We need a. We've got a lot of immigration reform to do. We've got a lot of work to do. All of which could have been done and has had the opportunity to be done for decades now. I mean, this is not a new issue. None of this is a new issue. But now we're at the point where we're seeing elected leaders openly call for harassment and violence against the opposing sides. Yes, and. The, we're seeing escalations now to the point of are we are things going to escalate before there's even an opportunity to actually get these things fixed? There has been no desire to fix what's broken, according to, and again, we're all sitting here, mostly conservatives. Uh, I, I loved your comment, Kent, on, on there. You know, we've had that problem. We're not getting anybody from the other side to join us. You know, I openly welcome them. Uh, anybody who wants to come sit here and have a civil conversation, uh, you certainly cannot uh, devolve to, well, you're racist because you believe this. No, let, let's talk about the facts. Uh, you know, you're racist, you're bigoted, you're whatever. That's not an argument. That's an accusation. Uh, if if people would openly sit down and talk about these things rather than jumping to you've yeah. got to gang up on them you've got to uh, you've got to harass you've got to stalk them at home um, what, what, one of the things you really there Peter is that the problem started back in the 80s when all of a sudden a line was drawn down the middle of the sand and Republicans sat on this side and Democrats sat on that side 
A Democrat in Kentucky does not need what a Democrat in New York needs. A Republican in California does not need for his constituents what a Republican in Nebraska needs. There's Republicans yeah. in California? There's a couple. <laughs> um, we've got to get back to taking care of the people in our under our care and stop going down this, oh, you know, all, all Democrats yeah. vote this side, all Republicans vote this I'll side. I'll to that. If I were to ask, name three people on your school board. Well, I can't, I have but I'm active with it. You're on it, right? No, I'm, I'm just Most people can't. We're talking about these grand issues, and we get all frustrated, and we fight amongst each other, yet it starts in your backyard. And if you don't even know who's on your own school board, how do you know what's getting into your kids? Uh, we have really right? your point is so well taken. For instance, Crystal Lake D one fifty five, we have some major, major problems and the union is completely out of control. Yeah. And we got you know, we got we, it is not sustainable, things are getting worse exponentially. At the school board meeting last month, Chris Lake is what, seventy thousand people? We had seven people there. Right. Mm -hmm. Seven so, citizens. So that's a problem. And my God, you're getting what you're voting so, for, folks. Right? So when I was a kid, I had a bad dream. I would run to my parents' room. And I would get in, my kids would come into my bedroom, my wife's and my and snuggle in. So going back to what John said earlier, people are running from something, not wanting to join something. Uh, I would hope that my kids would run to that bed. I hope they wouldn't get interested in what's going on in it, okay? Because mm -hmm. uh, it's a place of comfort. It's a place that uh, of reassurance. Now, when a 13-year-old kid's parents get, have an ultimatum, he's either going to be deal drugs for us or he's going to die. So they send him out into the desert with a phone number on his chest mm -hmm. to come in here. He's running from something. Whose job is it to help that young kid realize what he's running to and in, incorporate that new lifestyle in there? We here, we're very naive. We're proud Americans and gosh darn it, you come into my country, you act like me. You don't know how, you act like me. We, See, but I who, disagree. Who, who teaches these people? I think they know. How to be it? I think they have a vision of what they're running to, right or wrong. I think they have a vision of what they're running to because, you know, it's a like we're in a big country. If you don't like what goes on in the state of Illinois, move right to another state. I say that all the time. But don't you don't have to switch countries, you know? So there's a dream. These these people have something they are running to, and they're running to what they feel maybe. Freedom, protection. Yeah, well, I'm running for my life, you know, because right. because mom and dad just got shot in the belly right in front of me. Yeah. And so my aunt's like, you got to go. It, it, Mexico is not all Puerto Vallarta mm. and Cancun. No. It's a very volatile, volatile place. More volatile place. Than, than we even can imagine. There's I've got friends who, who have family there. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, hey, I'd love to buy some property. Now. He goes, you don't want anything to do with it. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. He goes, no. And he, I, I go, well, when are you going back? He's like, I'm not. Because of what, it, it's, it is a dangerous place. They're right in the middle of elections. It's run by cartels. Judges are gunned and down. And guess what? If it's, if it's me and Lucy's eight, nine years old, and I've got a chance that she can walk across the de desert and get away with somebody's number that I know or is, is, is an aunt or an uncle that's here, and she doesn't speak a lick, lick of the, hey, 
And I know that my days are numbered. Absolutely. You always do what's best for your children. They come in wonderful. I can't. But we, we ignore them. But we, we don't, don't know, teach but we also, them. We don't know. See, the thing is, we don't know necessarily the background of each person that's coming in. Now, somebody made a comment earlier that they're, you know, they got four or $5,000 to come into this country. Do we know that they saved it? No. Perhaps somebody from a cartel gave them that money so you can come into this country and you're going to do you're going to do what there I are those do. cases. There's okay. no doubt about there are, it. There are those cases. I'm sure. But there's there cases where I come okay. in with nothing. But but the I'm other, hungry. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm weak. And and I understand that. But but you see, the thing is that people look at have to look at um, uh, we have to look at ourselves. Number one, as where we came from. Where did we come from? Well, we came from a a, a people that decided to branch out on our own. We were uh, a, a revolutionary government, okay? And at that point, the, the thing is, we decided to take a moral high ground. And we have been on that moral high ground for such a long time that we are the only vestige of that moral high ground that people can see. We are the most visible, we're the biggest, we are the largest. So who are they gonna come to? They're going to try and get to the moral high ground. I don't care if you're, if you're, uh, uh, okay. somebody from the Middle East or someone from South okay. America or wherever else. You're going to try and get to that moral high ground, okay? Because that's the place you see as the best place to be, okay? Sure. And, well, I think and one, one, thing, one, one other comment I'll make, and, and um, I'll say this before: we said we're not going to make call names or anything else. But oh, come on. John mentioned earlier about, well, the Pope's a socialist. Well, we don't know that. No, I know yeah, we do. Well, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. What I do know is that he was raised in Argentina, I which understand. is a socialist country, and there is absolutely no way that a person, based on what he has said and based on his, uh, based on his leanings, which he is no Pope John Paul II. Well, nobody said okay. he's, nobody said he's okay. Pope John Paul okay. II. But there is absolutely no way in the world that you can come out of those environments and not have those uh, that socialist stuff you, stuck you to can, the bottom of you your can shoes. Have, you can have a socialist upbringing. Uh, you can you can change midstream. I, there are people that have Dan. We also have a year okay. or so of what the man's been saying well, and the position. And that's that. I understand, but there again, he's taking a moral high ground. No, he's no. not. He's, yes, taking, a, I he's he taking a moral high ground with other people's money, and that doesn't make well, it. I don't know. That, that doesn't make it. Yeah, it does. Well, when, you, when you have open borders, that's exactly what it is. Over time, like years ago with you know when people come here they would assimilate and get a, a form in society now we're they're not like you're saying they're not and they're we encourage them not not, i mean there are places in toledo that the cops know no go zones toledo yeah. parts of the carolinas parts Michigan. of minneapolis the minnesota of they don't go there because <laughs> you don't go in there because under they're under sharia law right. you don't go there and the simple fact is is that we know what the problems are we lack the will to deal with them that's all I'm going to say about that. If if we lack the will to deal with that, does that mean? I mean, it's obvious. It seems that we lack the will to deal with these things. Does that mean we've essentially already lost? At some point, will there? So, human will as it exists right now. Okay, let let's look at the Gaza Strip. 
the Gaza the Gaza Strip. Okay, Hamas was running the Gaza Strip. They proceed to um, open up a can of a whoop tail on Israel. Israel says, okay, that's enough of that, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to deal we're going to deal with Hamas. They proceed to start shelling the hell out of Hamas in in the Gaza Strip. Public opinion was very much in favor of Hamas until the pain became so great as inflicted by the Israelis on the populace, then the public opinion turned against Hamas. What's my point in my story? My point is this. Will as it exists now is going to remain as it is that is insufficient until the pain is so significant and people will rise to the occasion or they will crumble under the pressure. I don't, to, I don't think we have necessarily lost just yet. But there will come a time when the pain will have to be great enough and people will have to recognize that only great effort is going to turn this tide. And if you know, I'm sorry, but if you know that the drug cartels are occupying the Maquiladora on the Mexican border and you know that's where they're at and you know how to get them, well, there's a thing called firebombing. You go get them. You take care of business. Now, that's really, that's really harsh. But this is an open, aggressive clear and present danger to the United States of America. I understand that people want to come here for a lot of different reasons. And I understand they want to come here for a better life. But I also understand it's our job to make sure that we act in our sovereign best interest so that we in the long term can continue to be a beacon of light for people who want that better life. It doesn't do us any good to give away everything in the next five years so that we perish and we're not there for the next two or three generations. We must have sustainability. If we don't, then what good have we done? Well, that's like your. And what have we been? And what have we been giving away for the last thirty years? We have been, and it's been squandered. That's, we are. And, and we have squandered our treasure. We've squandered the blood of our boys and our women in exactly. uniform. For what benefit and for what outcome? It's absolutely atrocious. While you have the oligarchs sitting up there, totally untouched, unimpacted, saying, "Well, we want to go ahead and I'm O Peach. I'm O Peach. Maxine Waters. I want to go ahead and I'm O Peach." Uh, Donald Trump. And then the next breath, she'll turn around and, well, this is what she says. And then in the next breath, she's going to turn around and says, we want civil, we don't want civil disobedience. We want you to follow these people to their homes. We want you to gather around them in restaurants and in public places. We want you to harass them and get in their face. I'll tell you what, sooner or later, someone's going to follow one of these people's kids to school, and it's going to be all over. This is gonna. This is not gonna go well. These are not the things of a civil society. This is the stuff of banana republics, and we need to recognize it and say no, no, not in these United States. We will not tolerate this kind of thing. And the fact of the matter that you don't, that you've got Schumer and the leadership of the Democratic Party that aren't pulling Maxine Waters inside and saying, look. You may disagree with the policies, but we will be civil. We will not have this kind of rhetoric in our party. We will not. Well, there are two things but they're not doing earlier. that. Like uh, earlier, we heard a quote. I think it was from uh, Lincoln. It's like the best way to enforce a bad or get rid of a bad law is to try enforcing it. Sure. Yeah, that, uh, that immigration came right to mind. They're actually enforcing the law. People are crying. Like, well, change the law. Right. right. You know, There's a process. Right. Change the law if you don't like it. Uh, I, the, right now we have a Congress that is incapable of hiring a dog catcher. Partisanship has completely taken over the, the conversation and there are people doing crazy things on both sides. Mm -hmm. 
Um, how do we fix that? How what crazy, do we, what crazy uh, things? I want to push back and be a little contentious with you. What crazy things are the Republicans exactly doing? And I'm not a Republican. I'm a constitutionalist, okay? I don't carry a, a party card in my wallet. But really, what things are the Because I hear this sometimes in the media. Well, the, the Democrats are doing crazy things. Therefore, the Republicans must be doing crazy things, and there are crazy things on both sides. What crazy things are the Republicans doing? Well, I, the the thing I'm I'm not saying that we run around you know threatening people's safety or any of that stuff, but we do refuse to talk. We do, we we are taking political stances that are unapproachable. We are not negotiating. We're not trying. Right. To bring we're not. We're not going to negotiate with people that have been kicking our tail and have absolutely. You know what the position of the Democrats was under uh, uh, Barack Hussein Obama? It was look, losers walk. That was, the, that was the party line. You guys lost. You guys are out of here. We're not going to give you a seat at the table. We don't want you here. And if we do want you here, it's for window dressing and someone to hide behind so we have deniable culpability. That we know that's how they the play. Right for acting the same way. That's right. Like, with the whole party, you know, I'll that's... tell you what, guys. This is the bottom line. If you, if, if you guys want to go ahead and march with your epilepsy on your shoulder in red uniforms as the French did in World War I toward the German trenches, you all go ahead and do that. They lost 100,000 boys in a day. Yep. Okay? That is no way to sustain these United States of America. I'm not saying you have to fight dirty, but you must absolutely stand on principle and not compromise on the things you cannot compromise on. You can't get the not compromise thing done unless you're willing to talk. Well, see, and the whole we, problem we are, we are as tough to approach. And you know why they're not willing to talk? You know why the left isn't willing to talk? Because they never thought they'd have to. They never thought they'd be in this position. I, they thought they'd have Hillary in there for eight years, and then they'd roll into who oh, knows They'd who. be done at that point, Absolutely. not be living in Australia. Absolutely. So here's the thing. <laughs> so, so this is the issue. They never thought they were going to have to talk to you. They never thought they were going to have to talk to us. They never thought they'd have to deal with us. Well, and now they do, and like, now they're upset. Now, it, now it's going back the other way. Now the pendulum well, is swinging the other way. It's not so much swing. It's like... With the Constitution, I lean toward you, John. Uh, with you, John, you have to have a basic set of rules in order to have a dialogue back and forth. Right. The left, liberals, whichever, on there, they keep trying to change the rules in their favor. Right. Unfortunately, conservatives, we still stick by the old rules. Right. And that's why we get our butt kicked and everything. Like, look at the elections that came this week. I think the Democratic Party starting to have problems. They got a socialist that won. They kicked out the fourth ranking member. Yes. I'm like, yeah, these guys are now, it's like now they're socialists inside the Democratic Party. So you see what's so, going to happen is they're going to go so far left. They're going to con that pendulum is going to continue to move, and eventually the American people are going to say, "No, this is not okay. This is not my party," and something else will come out of it. Could be uh, it could be that and that's uh, your revolution. Could be something different, but it, it's but not going to be in the. In there's the, so much complacency today that I'm not sure that. It's a good I point. Would, I there's a bunch of sheep I out there. I would not mistake uh, quietness for complacency. There are people getting more and more. Angry. I forget there's some in, uh, undercurrent going through. Yeah. Well, here we've got a story that came out yesterday. Uh, this is in, it's in zerohedge.com, uh, put up by uh, Tyler Durden, and I think this was originally authored by Celine Ryan via Campus Reform. But you've got a New York University educator, a professor, who is currently saying um, that, uh, and this is, he, he is uh, uh, the professor, he's a, a post-doctoral 
fellow for regional or for religion in international affairs at NYU's Center for Religion and Media. I'll put that on uh, the list. People, <laughs> yeah, people can can look so this up words, themselves. A, but here's what he's student, saying: not a practitioner. He, he's saying real world. He's saying that. To the to the point of, of getting together and talking, and whether we're, you know, conservative, I, I still I I believe actually that certainly those of us sitting around this table have called openly for people to come and join us. We do it every week. They don't show up, and that means you know by and large we're conservatives conservatives sitting around this microphone. I'd be thrilled to have anyone from the other side or even. I love when Bob comes in and sits down. He's a remarkably well-educated moderate and mm -hmm. can actually carry on a very decent civil conversation. But this particular professor has been quoted as saying, calls for civility are just a power play by those who feel that white supremacy is under threat. Good God. So right. now our request to have a civil discussion is being framed as saying, well, geez, you just want civil discussion because you feel your races, but your 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 control over society is under th under threat. We don't have any control over. I think that's such. Well, a professor huge needs to get out into the real world. He's a good job. But but the point is, is, is he's he's an educator and he's telling people Probably who are in college this yes. and saying, look, this is the way it is. Anybody who asks you to have a civil discussion simply wants to control you. It's just not true. So, so you see, there are two options in society. You can you can either have a civil discussion, even and passionate, what have you, but civil at its core, you can have that. Mm -hmm. Or it can turn to violence. Right. There are there are only there two, are only two, two choices. Two choices here. You got to solve it one way. Or you solve talk. It the other way. You talk or you fight, and under fighting that comes down to fists, knives, and guns. Huh. And that's all there is to it. You got two choices here. So what that Not so well so what at the history so, of mankind. So what that person is <laughs> saying is, what that professor is advocating, is for violence. Yes. You see, but, and that's what but, the left does. They control the language, they control the narrative, and then they, the they change the definition of what the word is, is, and then they push you in the direction they want to go. I reject your definition of what that is. No, I, I don't accept it, and I'm not going to have a conversation with someone when you can't even agree as to what this thing is. And well, by the way, I'm holding up a spoon. When you're debating <laughs> with people, ask them, well, what do you mean by that? Where, what position are you coming from? And they can't justify where they're I coming don't, from. I don't know a single... Really liberal, liberal, amongst all the pretty loud liberal liberals that I know, I don't know a single one that can show me any knowledge of history, that can explain to me how Washington really works, that is willing to back up their argument at all. That's, that's the problem. What they why. do is get loud and nasty. They don't try to make their point. None of these people. Well, I, I have a question. Sure. Are any of us dealing with the true facts? Probably not. We're all dealing with what we learn and see, whether Media. it's in the news yeah. mm -hmm. or talking to other mm -hmm. people or on Facebook or, you know, yeah. Internet. You know, are any oh. of us truly talking about the true facts? We're talking about what we believe are the true facts, but the reality is, is, is there's junk all over the place. Look at what Peter brought up, the picture of the Pope with an angry face and his fist in the air. You know that didn't happen. But that's not the first time. Oh, that's, like, we, that's not necessarily you're true, just Bill. Bring it up like the uh, with that shooting yesterday in Maryland. 
Um, yeah. I was reading that, that last night, I guess the Fox News, Trace, whatever, you, you know, they said, oh, there was no bias either way. And the other media was attacking them. Oh, they're trying to find bias. Uh, you know, when the reality, they're just trying to find what was the motive behind attacking that newsroom and not trying to create a bias or whatever. They're attacking the reporter. Saying, you know, because it's early, we don't know. You're going to probably start seeing more well, of that because people are getting fed up with sensationalism. To that shooting. False information. And to the point of that, I mean, just the way they went about reporting that initially, they immediately leapt to, oh, this guy was a Trump supporter, and they're trying to skew it toward uh, a Trump issue and, and, and that narrative there. They're using the... the the deaths and injuries of their own freaking media colleagues instantly to politicize and push an agenda without getting the full story, without understanding what's going on. They, they, they immediately went that way. First of course, report I then, heard was 11 people dead, 27 injured. Then, you know, right. the, 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 the story <laughs> yeah. comes out little Duh. by little that this guy's had issues with that particular, uh, that, that particular media outlet. For years, and, and even going back to lawsuits in 2012, which which were dismissed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but they instantly, the, the the media instantly pushed that narrative without even knowing what actually was going on. But the reason for that is, is because the the, the media is a, they they are left leaning. That's not that's not debatable. The no. media is left leaning, and the left is all about power. The, the the I can't remember who said it, but Republicans hold office. Democrats, leftists hold power. It's about power because it's about control. It's not about you and your liberty living as an individual before whoever it is you call God. If you do, and that is what this nation is based on. You live your liberty before your God in your state per the Tenth Amendment. So you guys can make the decisions that are right because New York doesn't need what Texas needs and California doesn't need what Florida needs. In the Tenth Amendment, you do your thing and uh, the nation, as states come together, we should provide for the common welfare and security and boom, that's it. Everything else goes to the states. Something I heard yesterday on the radio was pretty awesome is that what if states started to adopt Tenth Amendment, Tenth Amendment provisions within and take the things from the state and shove them down to the county and just keep shoving shove that republicanism down to the lowest level so we can be in touch and control of our of our republic oh, I, I, again. I'd be running around saying hallelujah, but it ain't going to happen. Right. You're you're correct. Chicago's going to tell you what to do. But that's the, but to there. Peter's point, that's why it is the that's why it is the media did that because it was a matter of, they need to push back on a narrative to try to gain control and to push back against what's happening, which is all their work to to change this country to a leftist situation. All the, everything is being yanked out from underneath their feet in in two years. Well, another thing that not to be cynical, jade or whatever. Please, we got the whole shooting going on. But I'm always used around holiday weekends, everything. That's where they're going to drop all the crap in the news that people don't they don't want to be talking about. Holidays coming up. I think it's a Friday. I'm pretty sure what's coming on the news. They just got done with the hearings. You know that we're um, from what I've gathered, we're not going the way they wanted to go. Right. So they're going to be burying stuff with other things. The shooting just unfortunately gives them an opportunity to cover it up. Then they'll cover. You know, just distract. It's like magicians. It's true. You know, watch this hand, but watch your pocket as I empty it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's they, they're they're so practiced at wagging the dog. There's something new to look at and worry about, or be feel concerned about, or get yourself bent out of shape over. 
every two seconds if you just watch. I mean, Twitter alone, as we've been sitting here talking about this, <laughs> there are so many things on Twitter all by itself that, you know, it's just astounding the, the crap that comes across. And people that, oh, well, look at this, look at this. Well, I mean, you know, I saw that. And now we have, you know, this guy here says hysteria not policy not ideas not passion hysteria and i'm quoting a, a tweet from um steve a von lore i have no idea who this guy is uh who would, which was retweeted by someone else um and it's all about a tweet from uh you know this guy curtis cook on Twitter, I have no idea who that guy is either. Uh, that says, "I wish this Kennedy had been shot instead of the other ones." Oh, uh, about the breaking news on, you know, the, you the court justice Anson, Anthony Kennedy uh, says he's re- retiring, and so that's this guy's response to the the Supreme Court justice announcement of, of retiring. I mean, the 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 asininity is just without and bounds. The problem with 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 communications like that is we don't even know who the hell really posted it. Right. We don't right. know who paid for that. The what countries from? Everything. The Russians did it, right. Well, right. We don't have a clue because there is no vetting of the information. You know, it used to be that when you heard something on the TV news, it could be slanted. It always was slanted, yeah, right. right? But the basic facts would usually be correct. And people made it a point not to go live with something until they had the, let's at least get the body count right, guys, you know. I, um, I don't understand why more people are not aware. I'm stunned at the huge proportion of people who are not aware that almost everything they see in the media has a truth value around 0.1. You well, know, and that's all you need, 10%. It's believability, 10% of the truth. Creates a great deal of hey, believability. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just say there's a whole conversation stuff going on there, like um, not change topic too much on there. But like this whole election season coming up is going to be really interesting. It's going to be more mudslinging with announcement of retirement of a of mm-hmm. a judge. Mm-hmm. You swing either way. You got you know the socialists taking over part of the Democrat Party. It's going to be a very bloody season from a political side. They're going to be pulling up left and right. And back to the issue with regards to Maxine Waters absolutely no way in the world that should be allowed to happen. She should have been censured by her leadership if they had any decency and that if anybody proceeded to act upon the things that she actually promoted, guess what? Uh, you're in the soup. you got a problem. What used to be a federal law that puts you in jail if you threaten the safety of anybody in the cabinet? Right. No, I mean, and there, have it, been, there wasn't any judgment. There wasn't any trial. They threw you in the who's cow right. and worried six, eight months later if you were going to get out, and if so, why? And the deal is, yeah. is that right now we are we are slowly, well, slowly in some ways, we are attempting to return to being a nation of rule of law. If you don't like the law, change the law. There's a legislative process for that. And then we'll proceed to enforce it through the executive, enforce it through the executive, interpret it through the judicial, and it'll be okay. That's how we have to go forward. 
But we are trying to return to that with, with Donald Trump, and I'll, I did not expect this. I didn't either. I did not expect. I think that he is perhaps more constitutional in his rhetoric and in his thinking than even Ronald Reagan. He reminds me very much of Ted Cruz, and he has people that are whispering in his ear. It's not that I like everything that he does, everything that he says. He's not my style. That may be hard for some people to believe. He's not my style. But still, you say, wait a minute, we have a constitution. And we have to play according to the rules of the Constitution. This is how we need to go forward. And inciting violence against people is not how you. That's not how you run a constitutional republic. That's how you run a banana republic. That's how you run every other, you know, po dunk, don't want to go there kind of place in the world, right? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but that's pretty what, much but, place but, else. But that's it. Well, and I think that you know when we were talking about our country being this. Again, Dan, to your point, are we're sitting at that moral high ground as viewed by perhaps the rest of the world, where we're viewed as the biggest, the wealthiest, the most powerful nation. And we've said this before in the past, we are, as a nation, we are an infant. We, we are a, t- a toddler nation at best. We've been around for a, a little over 200 years. Um, Forget about that. You know, it's... <laughs> We're, we're still figuring this stuff out, this, this incredible constitutional republic thing. And when people say, yes, we want to go there, we want to be part of that, that's great. But if you're not going to assimilate and now we have leadership, again, that's calling for violence, we're going to devolve so quickly, it's not even funny. Uh, I, I really am looking at this wondering, because, again, I started looking at this a long time ago, and now I'm actually seeing stories on it. Uh, you know, hey, is, is America going to have another civil war? I think it would be very, very easy for that to happen. I mean, I think there's already... Uh, I really do. Underpinning and, stuff going there. There's already, you know, I certainly... That's, that's not... Man, I do not want to... I well, don't want to be perceived as advocating for that. If because because you're not, and we're not. Yeah, you're so, you're not advocating for it, and we're not advocating no, for it. Not it would be at a all. tragedy. It would be a tragedy. But at the same time, that goes back to my position: where should that happen, or should a violent situation happen? I'm not going anywhere. I'll stand in my yard with what you know, little protection I have, and defend my my new backyard with <laughs> with your with your patio <laughs> my and, new patio yeah. and, and my fire pit and, and, my, and that howitzer you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll flip the lid of my grill up and stand rifle? behind it but uh, uh, you know restock, restock my RPGs but you know hey, <laughs> but I mean to that point that I don't have another frame of reference to wrap my head around other than. You, this is how our country was founded. It's where I'm born. My mother and her parents immigrated legally to the United States. Uh, and it, all of this illegal immigration, to me, is just a rude slap in the face for the process they went through. And they were not wealthy. They did not have a lot of money. They fortunately had a little bit of sponsorship. Well, the system was different. But then. the system was different then. Again, that was a long time ago. You were coming through Ellis but, Island. That's a whole different ballgame. But when you have people that just as recently, uh, back in the, I think it was back in the late 80s, early 90s, it was very difficult for people of a professional background to immigrate into the United States. If you didn't have a sponsor, 
they wouldn't let you in. Oh, right. Absolutely. And that's just the way that... Well, I manage a Japanese operation, and we had to go through all these processes. Right. Because I've known clients that they're, they're from other countries trying right. to get a visa to work here, open up a business. Right. My, my, they go through, like, years for paperwork. My, well, there, were, there were times when... Uh, that's now. I mean, I have, I have family members that are, that are here now that are legal that came here from China. And those people, it took them nearly... 35 years to come here. Now, they were they were born there. Um, as it turned out, my mother-in-law uh, had a child and, and uh, had to leave her in 47 when she came here. Her husband fought in the United States Army, okay? Um, and when, when uh, Red China closed the borders in 48, or was it 49? I don't know. I think it was 48, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But, the, but when they closed the borders, they couldn't get the little girl out. Right. And it was their daughter. So what happened? The girl grew up under a communist system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was a socialist. You might say or a Marxist. Yeah. But when, she, when they got here, they knew that things were different. And they changed. So that's why I'm, I'm making this point earlier. I made this point earlier about the point, about, about the Pope. That, you know, you say he's a socialist. I can't, I can't believe that he may, let, granted, he may have been grown, grown up under that system. He may have been inculcated in that system. I dated a gal from Italy who was definitely a communist mm-hmm. and was inculcated in that system. But... When she came here to find out about us, about America, and she she went back thinking, hey, maybe they're not so bad. And I think that we're going to find the same thing of many of the of the immigrants that are coming here or that want to come here. And it's and it's just the uh, it's the the point where, and I agree with John to the point that each. Each country has its own sovereign rights, and each country has its own sovereign borders. Each country has its own laws. So, granted, I'm not saying the Pope should tell us or or can tell us. Well, he can he can tell us. He can say that, but he's not going to do anything about it. No, he can't do anything about it. He's not going to say, hey. You know, I'm going to open up the United States borders. He can't do that. <laughs> no. That's impossible. He can't open up the German border. He, 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 I don't. To my knowledge, he doesn't open up Vatican, the Vatican borders. I just make. So, I just make. I I just make a determination based on what he says, and what he has said over time is very consistent with a socialist, open border, uh, lack of national sovereignty, Marxism, which is borderless. The only difference between one of the key differences between Marxists and fascists is that fascists believe in borders. Marxists do not. All I do is look at the Pope and what he is saying and think to myself, he's no Pope John Paul. He is not an enemy of socialism the way Pope John Paul was. He's no enemy of communism the way Pope John Paul was. Uh, That's all. Now, if he said something different, then my opinion of the man would change. If I saw an evolution in his language that would reflect an evolution of his heart and his intellect, then my opinion of him would change. But until that point, my opinion remains as it is. is And my opinion matters nothing on that topic. 
Okay. Right. Okay. And on that note, <laughs> why don't we say let's conclude it right here? So today we have come to the conclusion that America is not so bad, and the Pope may or may not be socialist. Yeah. So America's <laughs> opinion on that matter means nothing. Means nothing. So come back to us next week, episode twenty-six. We'll see you all then. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you.